Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello. And he is in the unfortunate position of being in the state of South, or huh, I almost said South Dakota. I meant to say Pennsylvania. I am in the wonderful state of South Dakota. And we would love to know where you all are and where you're coming from. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. Also, we want to hear about potential discussion topics because we are dressed casually today in our Go There For special edition t-shirts because, you guessed it, it is Discussion Topic Friday. So, we generally reserve this episode for topics from you, our audience. How do you get those topics to us, you might ask? Well, I'm so glad you asked. That's a great question to ask, especially at this at this moment in the episode. So coincidental that you asked that because I have an answer. Send an email to trdshow at protonmail.com with your discussion topic ideas. It could be a question you have. It could be news articles. It could be uh, you were just having a conversation with someone and they brought up a really interesting point and you would like to get our uh, opinion and perspective on it. It could be a whole host of different things. You maybe want to refute our pedo-baptist beliefs and bring it on. Send us emails. We want to hear all the emails. Um, And also, if you want to hear from us, not just in audio form or visual form, you can also get emails from us by signing up for our newsletter, trdshow.net slash newsletter. We send out three newsletter emails a week. We promise it's not spam. It will help you know what our episodes are talking about, and it'll help you get caught up if you missed some of our episodes here or there. Um, or even so, if you want to see us in person. Ha! <laughs> do you want to do the ad for the conference? <laughs> no, I was just segueing for you <laughs> okay. so you can set it up. You really wanted me to segue to that. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So, yes, you can, as Jacob is saying, see us in person. And we would love, love to see and meet you and talk with you in person as well. Go to flfnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022. There is a Fight, Laugh, Feast conference in Knoxville, Tennessee this October, October 6th through the 8th. You can buy your tickets now. I think they're not sold out yet, but they're very close. You'll want to get those tickets as soon as possible. And we would love to see you at that conference in October. Can't wait. I think it's like less than two weeks away. It'll be so much fun. All right. So it is discussion topic Friday. And this week we are continuing our series on the Ten Commandments. We started this, oh my goodness, when did we start this? Back in April? Long time ago. It was a while, <laughs> May or June, yeah. maybe. It's It's been a long series. Anytime we kind of are researching other topics and we've got some other stuff down the pipeline, but they're not quite ready yet, we're just like, all right, let's, let's tackle the next commandment. Um, and then next week we'll move on to a different topic. So... Here we are. Um, so this week we're talking about the fifth commandment. We're going to get into that in just a second. There's so much involved, more than you would think involved in this. We're bringing up things from uh, Thomas More. I think, is your guy, right, Jake? Is that the, what's his name? Thomas? Uh, uh, Thomas Watson. Watson. Sorry, I don't know why I had more. Oh, Utopia. That's why from Raymond Simmons' Confessional County, he was talking about. Mm. Never mind, sorry, my brain is weird. An adult, apparently. Uh, anyways, Thomas Watson, you'll be hearing from him. You'll also be hearing from Doug Wilson and uh, Brackle, Wilhelmus Brackle. There's a lot of people 
we've studied to bring to you some quality content on the fifth commandment. But before we get into all that, we have to talk about the verse of the week. And in case you missed our Monday and Wednesday episodes, our verse this week is Psalm 119 verses 18 through 20. And it says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. And that's again, Psalm 119, 18 through 20. So we talked a lot more about this on our Monday and Wednesday episodes. Again, if you missed those, go back and check them out because we went into a lot more detail. On Monday, I discussed some of the um, ways in which we should be just overjoyed that God has given us his law and we should treasure it as jewels and gold. On Wednesday, Jacob talked about what um, hide not your commandments from me, what that means and how that ties into multiple other biblical passages. And actually he started to get into a little bit of predestination there in Romans chapter nine. So, you know, that was fun. If you weren't a Calvinist before you started watching this show, maybe you will be after. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) that was fun. We don't call ourselves reformed for nothing, Jake, right? Um, So there was that. There is so much in this passage. It relates to so much else in the word of God. But I'll just give another reminder that we should be treasuring God's law, his principles, his precepts as we treasure gold and money in this world. It's so much more valuable than that. It has the ability to take down strongholds. It is the most important thing in a Christian's life. As Proverbs said, the word of the, you know, we, we can't have wisdom without the knowledge. And we, we, we can't have knowledge, we can't have wisdom without understanding who God is first. Without God and his law, we can't have the foundations of reality. When David here is saying, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. He is talking about the wonder that comes from not just the Ten Commandments, which we're going to be talking about today, but also the whole of Scripture. Um, when Paul talks about how he asked the rhetorical question, or question, 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 <laughs> hard, words are hard. Um, you know, should we go on sinning that grace may abound? By no means. We've been saved from sin. How can we continue in it? But again, I ask the question, how can we know what sin is? How do we know how to do, how to show our thankfulness to God? How do we know how to transform society, how to work for the kingdom, how to do all of these spectacular things that God has told us to do and has given us the ability to do through his Holy Spirit working in our hearts? How do we know that if we don't know his law? The answer is We don't. There's no way we can know that. So all of that segues pretty well into our topic discussion topic today, which is the the fifth commandment. Obviously plays a big role in this because it's part of his law. The fifth commandment is obviously in the law of God. And so we should be treasuring this law just as much as we treasure the others. So let's go ahead and read through the fifth commandment. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So this one especially relates to children, but it also relates to um, anyone who is in a position of uh, subordination to 
an authority figure. We're going to be talking a lot more about that a little bit later as well. But this honoring your father and your mother doesn't just end when you aren't a child anymore. But the Bible does talk about children specifically. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, end quote. So, to most Christians, you we, we understand this principle, but th- there are two tables of this law. And I'll start out by kind of framing our discussion, and then we're going to come back to that Ephesians passage a little bit later, because there's a lot more in there. Uh, Wilhelmus Brackle, who I'll be quoting a lot, um, talks more about this, and I think uh, Thomas Watson, who Jacob was going to be quoting, brings this up as well. I'm but, not going to be quoting them, but... Oh, you used him to research and, and study for yes. some of these yep. things. Gotcha. Yep. <clears throat> so there are Ten Commandments, and they were split and written on two tables. We can also study these Ten Commandments and recognize that they fit into two categories. Also, I'm going to quote uh, Matthew 22, 34 through 41 a little bit later, and Christ breaks this up as well. Christ distinguishes between the two tables of the law. But most Christians understand this point. It'll be fairly obvious and familiar. The Ten Commandments are essentially split into two tables. The first table we've discussed in our previous episodes on this series. So they've we've talked about the first four commandments on previous episodes. So if you missed those, go ahead and check them out. Um, but those laws relate to how we are to love and worship God. So, for example, um, have no other gods before me. Don't take the name of God in vain. Don't bow down to false idols. All of those sorts of things are talking about our relationship between us and God, how we should worship him, how we should live before him every day, um, all of that. And, excuse me, we talked about in our first episode on this series how we should be loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's our entire being, every component part of us with our strength, our physical being, what we do with our work, with our mind and our thoughts and our worldview should be loving to God. It should be all encompassed with a love for God, all of those sorts of things with our emotions, with our soul, all of it should be devoted to loving God. So that part hopefully makes sense. But the second table relates to how we are to treat the people around us, how we are to love our neighbor, and we are to love them as we love ourselves. I mean, Christ states this. Who better to state this than Christ? Um, Matthew 22, 34 through 41 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. excuse me, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets, end quote. So Christ here is summarizing 
the Ten Commandments, but also all the other laws as well. So the uh, laws throughout Deuteronomy are also talking about how we are supposed to treat our neighbor. Throughout Deuteronomy, a lot of times we like to group and we're like, oh, those laws just related to the civil government. And they related specifically to the civil government during Israel's era. Obviously, I would disagree with that premise that laws pertaining to the civil government of Israel don't also pertain to us in principle to modern day church. But it's neither here nor there. We'll get into that in another episode. And we have on multiple occasions. But but the important part of this is also that Deuteronomy is full of other laws as well, not just those pertaining to the civil government. It's full of laws that talk about how we're supposed to treat our neighbor. We're supposed to take, um, you know, if our neighbor's animal falls into a ditch, there's a law in Deuteronomy that says, lift them out. Um, you know, help them. There's so many other, you know, if you see someone who's poor, go help them. Tells us how to treat the sojourner, the person who is, as we would call them today, illegal aliens. We're actually told to love and respect them and help them in multiple different ways. Unlike modern day Republicans that say, nah, kick them out, throw them back to their country. We don't care about them. That is a completely, that is a belief completely antithetical to what we're supposed to do. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. We could take so many side routes here. <laughs> Anywho, all that to say, Christ here is summarizing all of the law and the prophet. And he's saying these two commands are the foundation. The Ten Commandments are the foundation that makes everything else possible. So the fifth commandment, knowing what we know that they're the foundation, they're summaries, Ten Commandments themselves are summaries. The fifth commandment actually extends further than we would think it extends based on all of that deep theological stuff we just talked about. <laughs> this shouldn't surprise us. Um, Brackle in his series called The Christian's Reasonable Service expands the extent of this law to a far greater range than just parents. He says that it applies anytime we have someone in authority over us. And so I'll get a little bit more into that. But before I do, Jake, is there anything that you would like to bring up and just kind of discuss or pull out before I, I feel like I've done a lot of talking for 14 whole minutes? No, I do want to talk about the promise and yes. I think getting Can't really get short on time. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll keep going, walking through this and then feel free to interject at any time. Hmm. Okay. So, um, this should be a good reminder to us that we're to show respect to those in authority over us from employers, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 19, all the way to the marriage relationship. And you can look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 20 through, 22 through 24 for that. Um, and of course, the relationship between children and their parents. So what I found was really interesting is that... Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it, it starts out by saying, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then it moves into, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So it's just a natural progression from talking about children, which is, you know, the fifth commandment says, Honor your father and mother. So that's speaking to the children. A natural progression, at least as, uh, you know, in Ephesians here, is... Okay, well, let's also talk about fathers. They have a responsibility here too. It's not just the children that are being spoken to in this. It's also fathers, mothers, people in authority. 
be worthy of respect and honor from the people who are beneath you. Um, Part of Brackle's conversation on the extent of this law included a reminder that there are responsibilities of those in positions of authority too. So they have a lot that they have to remember as well. If you're in a position of authority, you're supposed to show love and respect to those under you. And you can look at, uh, and I would look some of these up. So pause it after I say each reference. I won't be reading these specifically because we just don't have time. But pause after each reference and, and look some of these up or at least write them down. Job chapter 29 verses 7 through 8. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 through 33 all talk about um, people in authority showing love and respect to those beneath them. Also, setting a good example. You should be setting an example that the people below you can follow. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 is a, is a great um, verse for that. So also, in addition to all those things, showing love and respect, setting a good example, you should be showing love by training the people beneath you thoroughly and not leaving them to wander aimlessly. And this is, I mean, it applies to everyone, but it also applies specifically and is really vital for parents that they don't cause their children to be frustrated because they're not being trained properly. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Proverbs 13 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him, end quote. So here we see love being uh, associated with, with discipline. And God has said that he uh, admonishes those who he loves. He disciplines those who he loves. Parents should be emulating that behavior as well. And to employers, they should be defining expectations and training their employees to meet those expectations. They shouldn't just, you know, snap the whip whenever, hey, why didn't you do this? Well, you didn't tell me I was supposed to do this. It's the responsibility of the employers to treat their employees fairly. Um, But it's also on you as the employee. And this is really important. For children, for employees, for anyone in that relationship, you should treat the people above you with respect. That means you don't go behind their back and talk ill of them. If you have an issue, you take it to them. You don't have, you know, your work buddies afterwards and you start gossiping about your employer. Or you don't, you know, go out with your friends and talk about how bad your parents are. If you have an issue, you take it to the person that you have an issue with. That's a very biblical principle. And that's a huge part of this as well. So hopefully we've kind of, I feel like we've exhausted that whole um, aspect of it. So (laughs) hopefully the point has been clearly made that this relates to not just the people who are subordinates, who are, you know, children, our employees, what have you, but it also applies to the people in positions of authority. So uh, on this topic, Doug Wilson wrote a really good blog post on the fifth commandment. And he said, this commandment has a fundamental prerequisite. Although we must always honor our parents, we must honor and love God more. This is fundamental. No human government, no human relationship is absolute. All must come under our relationship to God and be related to him through Christ, end quote. So, All of that brings me into the point that um, I know Jake really wants to speak to, and I'm excited to discuss that with him. But 
I want to briefly discuss the promise of this law. And we have about 10 minutes to do that. And you might be asking yourself, what do you mean by promise? And what's fascinating is that this has been identified for us by Paul in Ephesians. He said, this is the first commandment with a promise. And so what promise is this? Keep in mind that this law is placed after the first four, which is kind of what Doug Wilson was getting at in his blog post that I just, that quote I read a little bit earlier. We need to remember that simply honoring those in authority over us will not inherently lead to blessings for us. God and his truths come first and everything else is secondary. So this law is not saying we are supposed to just unconditionally follow whatever those in authority tell us to do. It is saying that when those people are following God and his word, we should take them very seriously and treat them with respect. So, Again, the order of these tables of the law is important. The order of when Christ summarized the law is important. It's loving God first, loving our neighbor second. That's the order. Um, So Jake, you want to talk a little bit about the promise of the law. I've heard a little bit from you on this and it sounds really interesting. What have you got? Uh, Yeah, well, this, this promise, right, is what is called the land promise. Right. And again, first, as, as Ruth just mentioned, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, honoring your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise. And, and to go back to Exodus twenty twelve, 12, um, which says, uh, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Okay. That, that's what the promise is, right? God is giving us land, the land promise, right? The, the promise here, right, is combined with the obedience of children, which should stand out, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how does the inheritance of all the earth, right, because this land promise is tied into what we hear in the New Test- Testament about us as Christians inheriting the earth. So how does this inheritance of the earth relate to the obedience of children? Well, let's look at Genesis 5, 5 through 7, which says, And he brought him outside and said, Look toward, and when it says, and he, he is being God, right? And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven. I'm sorry, it's not, it's not God, it's an angel. Um, and he brought Abraham, right? Right, right. Um, him, right, and it says he brought him, right, him being Abraham, and he being an angel, and he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them, if you are unable to number them, and he said to him, so shall your offspring be, and he believed the Lord, and he counted to him as righteousness, and he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you. I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. Sorry, it was it was God. I'm sorry. I don't know why I got confused. And <laughs> no thought it worries. Was um, but it's <clears throat> directly tying it between his offspring and the land he's possessing, right? Hmm. His offspring will outnumber the stars, right? And then it says... I am the Lord your God who brought you out 
from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. Mm. Right? It's tying them together. Yeah. Right? That's fascinating. And, and I think here specifically <clears throat> it's, it's if we are honoring to our governing authorities, right, to our parents, to the church government, to the civil government, we will inherit the earth, right? Again, as Bruce stated above, that does not replace God, right? We are to follow God first above all else. Hmm. Um, yeah. But the point to this is that God wants <coughs> us to be obedient to our parents because an unruly child can deform a nation, right? Hmm. We're being given this land, right, to create a Christian nation. That's why we have this land promise. We will inherit this land yes. to be building a Christian nation, yep. right? God is combining these two because while using that land that has been given to us to build a Christian nation, we must also make sure that the people listen to the authorities, that that Christian nation will not be undermined. Mm. Wow, that's a really good point. So yeah. that's, that's, what is, uh, that's what this promise is talking about. Yeah, wow. You know, that's really neat. What did you say about the rebellious, a rebellious child can crumble a nation or something like that? Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's really, really important because, you know, what we see throughout the Old Testament. And a lot of people bring this up. And the reason I'm, I'm saying this now is because I know that people bring this up a lot. People like to look at fringe passages in Scripture, take them completely out of perspective and say, ha ha, see... Israel was a violent people. They were, you know, the laws that God gave them were not just at all. And the one law that they'll bring up is that um, if a child is being disobedient and the parents can't get them to listen, then the parents can bring the child before the council. And if the child still won't repent and there's a process, right, then they can stone the child, right? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, there are that on its own sounds like Oh, goodness, that sounds really violent. What's, what? That's in there? Um, you know, without context. There are a ton of cultural context clues we need to take into account here. First of all, that should, A, show us the importance of good child rearing and parenting, just like you were talking about, Jake. I mean, there's a reason Proverbs says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And then Ephesians, you know, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is, this is a really important thing. Deuteronomy, we're told, you know, talk of them when you're, you know, walking in your house, you're sitting, you know, walking by the way, sitting in your house, when you rise, when you lie down, you should be talking about the things of God. You should be training your children. Yeah. So that's step one. This should show us the importance of that. Two, though, is that oftentimes these capital punishments were to be the extremes, I mean, one thing that I forget who it was, was it James Jordan? I can't remember now what his name was, but he had a great presentation on, on this topic. And he talked about how he was like, can you think who in this room? He, it was in front of an, an audience and he's like, all right, you all have kids, right? And most of them had kids. He's like, who in this room, if your child was being unruly, would, would do this, would take him before the civil government to be stoned? No, oh, no one? Okay. You know, think about it. What parent is going to actually do that? Right. This was also a reminder that, hey, this could happen. Like, train your children properly so that this doesn't happen. 
also, that was a way for them to be like, hey, this is a worst case scenario. This is how seriously God takes it. Don't let your children get to the point that this needs to happen for them. So mm-hmm. we, but we miss that. We miss all the context clues. We miss all the rest of scripture when we rip something like that out of context. But th- that passages like that should really show us how important child rearing and this commandment for children to respect their parents should be. Um, so yeah, that tied in. And I thought that was really a, a good point to make. And I bring that up too, not just as like, Oh, interesting. That's, that's in the Bible. Like I bring it up because people are going to attack you with that. Like if you claim to believe that the principles, the infallible principles that God gave to us to run a nation should be applied today, that those principles should be applied People are going to bring that up. They're going to bring up these exceptions because they don't like true justice. They don't like it when we try to conform this world in the image of Christ. They hate that. And of course they do because their father, the devil, hates that too. So when you need to be prepared for those sorts of attacks. And so this is a great, I thought this was a great time to bring up those sorts of things. So, all right. Well, dude, thanks for researching that and um, looking into the promise and tying it into the land promise because it does. It's so closely tied in. It's really fascinating to study that more. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Nope. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you as the audience so, so much for listening or watching us today. We appreciate it. TRDshow.net is the show website. Check it out. Share it with your friends. Help us grow the show's audience. We would really, really appreciate that. By the way, we have merch available. You can get free mugs, free stickers and t-shirts if you'd like by joining our referral program. Or you can buy them from our merch store and, uh, you know, start walking around with Go There For t-shirts and have people walk up to you and ask, hey, what does that mean? And then you're like... Great question. Let me tell you what Christ has called us to do as Christians in society, to go there for and make disciples of all nations. Also, go to our inbox, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. That link is up on the screen. So, you know, you have no excuse to not send us emails. Also, you'll want to sign up for our newsletter. It's on our show website. And thank you so, so much for watching or listening to this episode. We're looking forward to Monday and talking to you about some of the crazy stuff that happened this week in current events. And until then, remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.